in a way it becomes easier, and in another way it becomes a whole lot more difficult, as we've said. So I, I know for, for y'all, uh, adds an element of difficulty in order to become simpler. And I think that plays in for all of life. But i got bad news. You're sounding really good, so we might have to do this a little more often. <laughs> Simplicity is a hot topic today. You know, it, it sells. don't know if you're familiar with the, the real simple empire. But it was a magazine that was started just eight years ago in uh, 2000. Took a little bit, but eventually it it took off and was one of the in an age in which magazines and newspapers, the printed media is dying all around us. Real simple took off and became one of the fastest growing magazines around. Um, just as an aside, it's a little bit of a you'd think a magazine called Real Simple would just be sort of black on white, you know, and just like be handed out in sheets of paper. But really, it's like really complex and fancy and colorful and expensive. Uh, it's boots. But it's turned Real Simple into a magazine, and in these eight years, it's become a publishing house with books, a TV show on PBS. They now have special events and training events all over the country teaching us how to be simple, and now a website that has, is increasing at 75% a month. They have new members coming on um, their uh, website. So obviously, simplicity is hot, and, it, and it's Good stuff. But what real simple is about is not quite what we mean when we say simplicity as a spiritual pathway. Not quite what we mean when we say mean simplicity as a, a, a biblical concept. That simplicity of the heart. That simplicity of the soul. If I had to define simplicity as a spiritual pathway, as I explore the scriptures, this is what simplicity means. An unhindered, undivided, unhindered, undivided pursuit of God in all of life. An unhindered, undivided pursuit of God in all of life. Consider, it's often a good discipline to consider life on earth through the views of heaven. To, to look at what we like to say theologically, to look at life eschatologically, you know, from, according to the end. What's it going to look like in heaven? In heaven, we will all be irreducibly simple. There, there will be nothing else but the, the core of who God created us to be totally summed up into God. I mean, not to make it a math problem, but we'll all be prime numbers. You know, it'll, be, it'll be God and then each of us irreducibly what we were created to be in our uniqueness of God's beauty. I mean, simplicity very closely related to humility. As we've been saying throughout, you know, these, these spiritual pathways are, are difficult. They're, they're, they're a real challenge because it's not, it, we're not able to just sort of flip a switch somewhere and say, okay, yes, that is really smart to be simple, so I'm going to be simple. And just decide that one morning and then it happened. You know, it's, uh, 
it's, it's just not that simple. <laughs> um, we must repent. We must surrender. Now, those are decisions that we make, that we, we choose. You know, like we just sang, I have decided to follow Jesus. You know, no turning back. You know, the, the world behind me. I have decided. That's repenting. I mean, I, I have turned and I'm going to follow Him. So there is a decision there. I, I have surrendered my life to God. But then, as we, we know, it's, that lasts for, I don't know, five seconds, ten seconds, until you open both eyes in the morning, maybe until you uh, walk out the door. It's then something that we have to practice. We have to practice simplicity. And, and today, as we look at a couple passages, we'll look at a couple exercises, we'll consider a couple exercises that, that help us practice, that will lead us to simplicity. To that place where all of life, to that pursuit where all of life flows from God and flows to God. That unhindered, undivided pursuit of God. That a real place of freedom. Or as, as we say, a real place of, of jubilee for us. Where we are set free together. I'm going to look at a couple passages, or actually three um, a little different maybe than I think what's in uh, your uh, bulletin. Uh, John 21, verses 20 through 23. Luke 10, 17 through 21. And Mark 10, 17 through 22. Let's uh, pray together. Gracious God, may your spirit at work within us open the eyes of our heart that we see you. Open the the ears of our soul that we hear you. And then open our hands so that we do your bidding. In Jesus we pray. Amen. John chapter 21, starting with verse 20. It's found on page 800. 84 of your pew Bible. Now, I, I mentioned this uh, to Barry, who's running the video stuff just this morning, that, uh, um, of the, the passages that I decided to, to go with. And he's like, huh, he asked me a couple times. This is sort of strange. And I, and I said, well, yeah, hopefully you'll understand why they fit together um, by the end, and hopefully you will too. Um, and this one, John 21, verse 20 through 23, is, is Peter with Jesus. And it's just after Peter has encountered Jesus on the, uh, while he was fishing. You know, Jesus had been resurrected, Peter had seen him, and so that was all fine and dandy. But Peter had figured, uh, we assume, you know, that for him it was time to get back to fishing. So he was back in the fishing boat, and that's when Jesus called him in and he said, do you love me? Asked him three times, do you love me? And then Peter responded, yes, I do. And then each time Jesus said to him, okay, feed my sheep. So in a way, Peter has received his um, triune forgiveness. You know, do you love me? Feed my sheep three times. You know, parallel to three times that he had, um, uh, 
had denied Christ and, and had received his call back into ministry. Go feed my sheep. His call to, to serve. And, and this then is directly after those uh, events. Verse 20. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following him. He was the one who had reclined next to Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is it that is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about him? Jesus said to him, If it is my will that he remain until now, what is that to you? Follow me. So the rumor spread in the community that this disciple would not die, yet Jesus did not say to him that he would not die. But if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? you got to love Peter. I mean, it doesn't take him long at all. You know, just to go ahead and open mouth, insert foot again. Yeah, I mean, here he is, just received his call, all the rest, and seat, um, sitting there with the resurrected Jesus, and Peter gets off track. Hey, Lord, what about him? What about John? What, what are you going to do with him? You know, how, how are we going to, you know, work together? Who's going to be a little higher than the other? How's the, everything going to come together? crucial error of Peter. A crucial error sidetracks from biblical simplicity to focus on others. To wonder what, what, what's going to happen to him or how come he gets, how come she got this? How come he got this? How come I'm only here but they're here? Or how come I'm here and they're here? Uh, One of the great ways that we add complexity to our soul when we don't need to. Sort of like a eight-year-old boy's swim meet. You ever been to one of those? They're great. Because, you know, the boys, they jump in. Swim, 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 swim. Stop. Look around. You know, sink to the bottom. See, see where they are. See who, how they're competing with everybody else. Then jump back in. Start swimming again. So Peter's doing, and I imagine it's what we do. I was looking at uh, Cincinnati Magazine. Uh, I think it was the October edition that uh, we got, and I had it home. I was looking at it the other day, and and there. They had a, a list there of the most influential or powerful or something in Cincinnati. And they had a section on religion. Yeah, I turned there real quick. My, my name wasn't there. Uh, sort of figured they'd ask me if it was going to be on there. And, and folks on there that I, I knew were there. And I had to twinge with guilt and competition and then by the grace of God, laughed at myself. At, what are you preaching on this week? <laughs> I wonder sometimes the same for us at College Hill Presbyterian Church. If we can get lost in the complexity of comparing ourselves to the other churches 
or even comparing ourselves to our past. And Jesus says to us the same thing that he said to Peter. What are you worried about that for? The simple call is to follow me. What does that have to do with anything but add complexity? Follow me, Jesus says to Peter. Feed my sheep. If there's a practice that that helps us to be simple in this area, it's to serve others. To, To make our attention, our focus, not how do we compete with others, but how do we serve others. It should be my desire that every minister in Cincinnati flourish even if I were to become next to nothing for the sake of the kingdom. It should be that we would wish that every church in Cincinnati would multiply by ten if we would have to close our doors for the sake of the kingdom. That isn't the way that it is. And I can't turn that switch off in my head. So the practice that helps develop simplicity then is to serve others. Whether they're in the the church or out of the church, to serve them. That's what Jesus was telling Peter. Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Don't worry about how the, the success that John is going to attain or James relative to yours. Feed my sheep. Serve others. Luke chapter 10, verse 17 through 21, found on page 844. Look there with me. Now, again, setting the scene here. Jesus had just sent out the 70. Okay, the, the, the 70 that he had trained. He sent them out to, to go carry out his ministry, to, to, to multiply his ministry to others, to, to heal those that were ill, to, to give sight to the blind, to give hearing to the, to the deaf, to release the captives. And they did. And this is then the the, the celebration that ensues. Here for how Jesus brings them through the results of their ministry back to the heart of simplicity. The, The 70, verse 17 of Luke chapter 10. The 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, in your name, even the demons submit to us. And he said to them, I watch Satan fall from heaven like a flash of lightning. See, I have given you authority to tread on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice at this, that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Hmm. 
Don't get overly happy about the results of your ministry, about your earthly successes. Celebrate them, you're right. Yeah, they're real. But don't get your joy, the simplicity of your heart, tied up in the results of your life, the earthly successes. Be very careful there. The other side is equally as true, and we read that earlier. If you just look, I mean, Luke 10, man, there is a boatload packed into Luke 10. Because um, the end of the chapter is the Martha and Mary story, where Martha was so focused, so worried and distracted by the frustrations of the day in the kitchen that she was missing the fact that the creator of the universe was in the room next door. And Jesus told her, wait a minute, don't let the distractions and worries, the failures of life become your focus. Just come and sit at my feet. In good times or in bad, the call is to be sure to come back to celebrate Jesus Celebrate Him. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Rejoice sitting at my feet. In good times or in bad. The, the session of the, the church is in, in undergoing in the next these four weeks a time of meditation. We're, we're covenanting together to, to meditate and, and, and pray through the first two chapters of Revelation where John is recounting the letter to the seven churches. And we're, we're, we're taking a period of time each week individually to simply be silent, to read those passages we talked about last week, to meditate on them, to let the Spirit speak to us, and, and then to, to journal, to, to write down. But is uh, what we're hearing from the Lord, because we're continuing to see, to be challenged by the ministry here, that the numbers, those numbers that we count, continue to decline. And we're saying, okay, Lord, what is it? The receipts and the attendance continue to decline. What, what is that about? had a, a time of me doing that this week and, and read in, in Revelation about the church in Ephesus where Jesus' command or, or, or the John's charge to the church in Ephesus was you forgot your first love. And, and in, in that time I was flooded with songs that came to my mind. I remember the, the Twyla Paris song came to my mind of you know, the, uh, the joy of the Lord is our strength. The, uh, the, the old song, Be Ye Glad, came, just started flowing in my mind. Every debt that you ever had has been paid in full by the grace of the Lord. Be ye glad, be ye glad, be ye glad. And then the, the song that we sang this morning, actually. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will rejoice that he has made me glad. A great reminder in good times or in bad, in successes or failures. No, Jesus, celebrate 
Jesus and my life in Him. It's a good reminder this first Sunday after a national election. For some of you in here, your team lost. And, and it's very troubling. And you, you equate this loss with issues of holiness and God's righteousness and God's best and God's will. And it has made you worried and concerned and distraught. Practice simplicity. Celebrate Jesus. For some of you, it's been just the opposite. Joy. Almost giddy. And as John McCain reminded us in his concession speech, you have good reason to be. I mean, does demonstrate just how far as a nation we have come. I mean, think about where our president-elect would have been 143 years ago. Just 143 years ago, he could have been owned as property in our nation. Just 143 years ago, our national constitution would have counted him as three-fifths of a human being. A little over 50 years ago, he would have had great obstacle and opposition simply to vote, let alone run for the president. So, there are reasons. Just as Jesus said, yeah, I saw evil. I saw Satan himself fall from the sky. But don't celebrate in that. Don't celebrate even in those joys. Focus on me. Celebrate me. Celebrate that your names are written in heaven. The simplicity of Jesus being our Lord, our Master, even our President. And the way we practice that is to celebrate Him. Our final passage then is Mark chapter 10, verse 17 through 22. Found on page 822 of your pew Bible. As He was setting out On a journey, verse 17 of Mark chapter 10. A man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. He said to him, Teacher, I have kept all these since my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, You lack one thing. Go sell what you own and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he was shocked and went away grieving for he had many possessions. We've seen how we can compete and compare ourselves with others and how that adds complexity. That competes with the simplicity of following Jesus. We've we've seen how either great success or great failure can compete with our focused simplicity, unhindered pursuit of God. And now, 
see an example of where possessions and wealth of this world can distract us from following Jesus. I mean, it's a simple story. The guy wanted eternal life, and Jesus said, Okay, here you go. you got one thing that's getting in your way. It's your stuff. Go sell it, and then come follow me. And he couldn't. good thing is we don't know the end of the story. Maybe he came to his senses later. But the point of the story is how the stuff of life can distract us from that biblical simplicity. And the practice here is to give stuff away. If this is the the way, this is the the thing that gets in our way, possessions and wealth, then the practice here is is to give stuff away. It's it's an offering, it's in giving, it's to stop buying, stop shopping, to, to do without. Clean out the garage, clean out the basement or the closet or, or even the, the trunk of the car, the storage unit. Clean them out, give it away. Be done with them. Be free. Practice that simplicity. Three, three ways then from these three passages that we practice simplicity. We serve others, we celebrate Jesus, and we give stuff away. How our possessions or our wealth, our successes and failures, competition with others, get in the way. I'd like for us to take a moment individually here to let these different events, these different stories sink in. To hear Jesus' common call of simplicity, which over and over again, in each one, if you've noticed, the basic common call, follow me. You know, that's the most common two words that come out of Jesus' mouth. It's not believe on me, it's follow me. And and what Jesus regularly tells us, if anyone wants to become my followers, let them deny themselves, take up my cross, and follow me. And what we've looked at here are three ways that, that people need to deny themselves. Because when, they, when, when they're not denying themselves, their hands are occupied with those things that we've mentioned. Competition, wealth, possessions, successes or failures. And what Jesus is saying is deny yourself. You've got to put those out of your hands in order that you can pick up my cross and then follow me. And so I wonder... For each one of us, what is it right now that is occupying your hands? Which which of the three did the Spirit really bring to bear on your soul? And what, as we come to pray, I'm going to take a little time of silence. And what I'm going to ask you to do, I'm going to invite you to draw a picture of what came to your mind. And and then we're going to, that thing that maybe your hand occupies your hand right now of those things, what what is it that adds complexity, that gets in the way of that unhindered, undivided simplicity of heart upon Jesus? Draw a picture of what that might be. And if you're totally just non-visual at all, and you can... You know, use letters, use words. But in this time, and 
Then we take up our offering in a minute. Add that to the offering. Whether you can do it literally. You can put your artwork in the, the offering plate. Or you can just phys- you can spiritually give it to Jesus. What is that element? What is the picture that came to mind that causes complexity in your life that prevents you from that unhindered discipline of purity of heart that focuses on Jesus? And then as, as we leave, remember the, the practice that, that helps teach us where we practice simplicity of Jesus in the face of the complexity of our world. As we come to the Lord in prayer then, we'll take first a time of silence. In that, and I invite you to listen for the Lord, to let Him work through you to draw a picture of that which adds complexity from the world your life and hinders you from that simple single pursuit of following Jesus gracious God in this moment we surrender ourselves to you pray for your spirit to speak to us show us what gets in our way so that we might hand it back to you Dear Heavenly Father, we give you thanks that you are, the Holy Spirit lives in us and, and continues to speak to us, uh, continues to, to lead us to this simplicity that leads to the fullness of life, life abundant. We, we're so thankful that you love us so to continue to, to teach us, to speak to us, 
to transform us from the inside out. And we, we pray that you will, will bring to mind, you will lead and, and enable our, our very um, will to, to practice that simplicity in giving stuff away and in, in simply celebrating the love of Jesus or in giving ourselves to, to serving others. And that you use those in, in our lives to develop that simplicity of heart within us. Develop that within us as a, a community, as, as a congregation. Develop that within those that are called to lead us as elders and, and deacons and, and staff. And we give you thanks for the, the privilege that we have in just a few minutes of offering, of, of, of practicing that a little as we give of our offerings unto you and, and as we give and offer to you even those things that, that get in the way so that we might truly continue to take up the cross of Jesus.